It's 8 p.m. Today, Travis talks with Lexi Alford, the Guinness World Record holder for the youngest person to travel to all 196 sovereign countries. Let's get into it. So where are you right now? I am in my apartment in Venice Beach, California. Nice. How's it feel to be home? So... So good. <laughs> I've been uh, needing to slow down a bit recently. Yeah, yeah. Where did you uh, travel to most recently? Yeah, I was in Mozambique earlier this week. Wow. Did you just get back? Yeah, I got back two days ago. It took uh, 44 hours <laughs> to oh get back to God. California. Wow. I think the longest... The longest flight that I've ever been on is probably coming back from Egypt to Austin, Texas. And I think that was still only with a layover, maybe 16 hours. And that was brutal for me. So I can't imagine, um, I can't imagine 40 anything. I can't even imagine 20 hours. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, each layover is five hours. <laughs> wow. Do you have any immediate travel plans in the next three months or are you going to be staying home for the holidays? Uh, I'll be staying home for the holidays. I don't have any, um, any confirmed plans yet, but I'm flirting with the idea of uh, climbing Mount Aconcagua in uh, Argentina in January. Mount Aconcagua, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's the uh, it's the tallest mountain in South America, actually. So oh, wow. it's, it's one of seven summits, and I've always been interested in getting into high altitude mountaineering, and uh, yeah, got got a really interesting opportunity. So it might be <laughs> that might be my next adventure. Have you done any climbing uh, like that before? Not like that, but a lot of it's more just local uh, climbing in California. But it'll be it'll be stepping it up a notch, <laughs> definitely. Well, luckily you're in a really good place for it. You know, we uh, we have a, an ad agency, and we started in Los Angeles. So I did a ton of hiking when I was in California. Uh, being in Austin, Texas, it's a very big adjustment without really having mountains. Uh, you know, we have little hills, but it's not nearly the same. So usually I only get to hike when I travel back to the West Coast. So I'm curious of all of the countries you've traveled to, and I think I know the answer to this by looking at your Instagram, but I would like to hear it from you. Um, where's your favorite place? Yeah, I have a few different favorites for different reasons. Uh, one of them is Indonesia. I'm a, I'm a diver, so the diving in Indonesia was the best I ever found. Uh, the history in Egypt was also a highlight. Uh, the, the people in Pakistan were the most friendly I've ever met. Uh, the natural beauty of Venezuela and Iceland were also incredible very cool very cool i uh like i just told you i got to go to egypt recently i also love i mean i felt like i could have spent three years there before i really explored everything um and it's probably you know i think it gave me a really good peek into your world and i could imagine 
uh, how some of the uh, off the beaten path trips that you've taken have kind of opened up your mind because Egypt was a big one for me. I mean, I've only really been to like mainstream Europe, Canada, US, some of South America. Um, and I, <laughs> going to Egypt was, I, I would probably say culture shock, just like the driving, the food, um, some of the basic things that you take for granted in most of those other places were a little bit sketchier, but the history kind of overwhelmed or overpowered all of that. And for me, I felt like I could have stayed there for a really, really long time. Yeah, I definitely want to go back. It makes you want to be like a, an archaeologist or something. Right, right. Uh, it was a really special, a really special place for me. Um, yeah, it's one of those places that I love to go back to over and over again. Yeah, so when you do go back to um, a similar or the same country, do you stay in the same places or do you try to stay in new towns or villages, new hotels? What's your usual plan? It really depends. Usually if I'm going back to a country, it has a specific um, mission or experience or purpose in mind. I've been really trying to narrow down how much I travel based on uh, experiences rather than like than going to new countries. Uh, so I've going to where I'm drawn to, to new experiences or uh, unique ones. So yeah, it's, it's different every time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Um, what does your travel bag look like? What are the types of things that you pack when you go on a really long trip? Uh, let's say even to Africa or, or somewhere where you're not going to have a lot of access to convenience stores or target, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, I have a pretty fine-tuned um, list of things that I take with me. I only travel with a carry-on. So I travel with about five days worth of, of clothes or outfits that can be like mixed and matched together. Um, so I find myself having to do laundry pretty often on long trips or like washing my clothes in the sink. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I travel fairly basically. I think that I found that there's not, you don't really need very many material possessions to, to get by like an illusion because we have so much stuff in our houses that we need to take a lot of it with us. But mm -hmm. I've found that I can live for, for months with nothing but a carry on. So, and a, and a bag full of camera equipment and chargers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's something that I've learned more as a seasoned traveler, uh, trying to pack as little as possible for me at least makes the trip so much less stressful. Um, there's nothing worse than wondering if you forgot something really expensive in a hotel room, um, or having so many different bags or compartments in your bags that you don't know where something is. Uh, so it's something I've been trying to do. Somebody recently told me about, uh, it's like a camping washing kit. It's made for camping, but you can wash your clothes in it and kind of like wring them out and let them dry. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but that's probably going to be my next purchase for travel. Yeah, that sounds like a really good one. There's all kinds of fun little like things like that that will make it easy, a little bit easier. But in my experience, I always <laughs> I lose a lot of stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm the same way. 
Yeah, so I have like a really just a small amount of things that I genuinely need. <laughs> yep. So you recently posted on Instagram saying that you try to implement new habits into your routine to keep you motivated. What's a new habit that you've recently implemented into your routine? Uh, there's been there's been two that have been going a bit hand in hand, and that would be meditating for uh, 15 to 20 minutes every day and also trying to exercise at least a, a little bit every single day. Yeah, that's got to be pretty tough. Simple, but when you're traveling so much, you you lose a sense of routine because your daily agenda is shifting so so much. You you never know what you're going to be doing from from day to day, and having some kind of structure of something that you do every morning or every night uh, has been really essential for me you know, staying motivated and staying productive and feeling like I am still grounded <laughs> in that way. That makes sense. I mean, that's, I would say that, um, usually for me, I use things that I do in my trip as an excuse not to exercise specifically. Like if I go for a big hike, I use that as an excuse for three or four days to not do anything. Um, if I'm on a plane for a long time and I'm just exhausted, I use that as an excuse. So I'm sure that that's been a challenge for you. Uh, is Are there any particular exercises that you found easy to do aside from yoga uh, on the go? Yeah, just running because there's nothing. I always travel with, with running shoes now. So uh, that's, what, that's the one exercise that you really just, just don't need anything anything for other than a pair of shoes that's a good one <laughs> and you can do that pretty much anywhere in the world or you can run anywhere in the world so that's cool um have you ever had any issues with customs or security in any country including the united states uh, that made you feel uncomfortable uh yeah i've had a few <laughs> funny experiences i would say that the uh the like probably the the worst of them was in Israel, actually. Uh, they When I came into the country, I was coming from Pakistan, so an Islamic country, uh, and they, they held my passport for three hours on the way into the country and then never ended up uh, asking me any questions. And then it wasn't until I was leaving Israel that... Uh, they stopped me and interrogated me for uh, an hour and a half. I almost missed my flight. Uh, they were really aggressive in their line of questioning and would, they were like asking rapid fire questions about every stamp in my passport, every photo on my Instagram, and then going back and asking the same question in a different way to try to confuse me because they didn't believe I was trying to travel to every country. They didn't know why. <laughs> I mean, it made sense. I had passport stamps for Iran and Iraq. and Right. And to their defense, they probably don't run into many people that are just traveling to every single country in the, in the entire world. So I guess we can give them a little bit of a pass on that. But uh, that must have been pretty scary. I mean, that's a scary feeling. Yeah, and I'm a pretty anxious person uh, already, which is why the medicine is helping. So that was just uh, 
it's not what you want when you're about to hop onto a long haul flight. No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, I'm super anxious as well, actually. And especially, you know, that's been anxiety is a really big part of my life. And I did get to watch your Ted talk. And I know that you talked a lot about, uh, dealing with anxiety and fears. So while we're on that topic, um, do you have any tips or is there anything meditation, yoga, um, those are really big ones. Is there anything else that you use to cope with anxiety, especially when you're so far away from your family and friends? Mm -hmm. I would say that, uh, you can't, you definitely can't hide from, from feeling anxious. And one thing that always helps me is talking about it. So even if I am, uh, traveling alone and I'm just feeling really uncomfortable, uh, having a few people in your life that you can call and say, you know, I'm having a really hard day or I'm feeling really anxious and just telling someone about it usually is the first step that helps me towards getting, getting past it. But nothing has helped me as much as Right. As you've kind of gained some international recognition for traveling and you've put yourself on the map, um, so to speak, do you find that people recognize you? And is that something that you worry about uh, in terms of your safety? Um, yeah, I've had a few people uh, recognize me, but they're usually like really, really nice, really um, uh, like just excited people rather than <laughs> having any kind of safety uh, concerns about it. I'm not too, too worried about that. Good. That's good. But it is. To countries that are um, a little bit less safe, it's good to sometimes uh, not post about being in that country while you're actually there. Mm-hmm. Um, in some like Afghanistan or something, um, I would delay like posting any Instagram stories uh, from that country until I actually had already left. Yeah, that makes sense. And that was really kind of what I was getting at. That would be my concern. Um, just worrying about kidnappings and various things and, you know, not countries that just, uh, where that would happen possibly. Uh, so not really putting yourself out there until you're not there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and using your, your best judgment in that way. But I found that so many people all over the world that, I've never personally ran into uh, any any dangerous situations really too much. So, uh, yeah. Good. I saw the the situation on on the TED Talk that you had discussed, and that one was pretty funny. It turned out, <laughs> uh, but that would have scared me a lot. Like that would have probably made me second guess uh, a lot of my travel plans after just because of the fear part of the experience, but. I'm really happy that turned out to be, um, if you want to recap it, but it sounds like it was a wedding with automatic weapons, <laughs> wedding party. Yeah, it was a, a crazy night in, in Yemen where they were shooting off guns outside of my hotel, um, but it wasn't in a, in a aggressive, hostile way. They were actually just celebrating because in Islamic culture, they don't they don't celebrate in the same ways that uh, that we do in in the U.S. Especially, mm-hmm. uh, there's no like 
drinking or, or partying in that way. So they were yeah. very, very interesting. <laughs> so what types of you travel a lot, obviously, um, I would probably guess uh, and you can tell me the right number here, but you're probably traveling 70 percent of the year. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's a fair estimation. And I'm going to be slowing down a lot more now that I have completed my goal. I've been wanting to, to change up my style of, of travel. Uh, and so I'm not definitely not going to be traveling as much, uh, in, or as quickly in the future. Cool. I mean, so your your style of travel is going to shift more towards uh, a really a just deeper experiences. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I didn't really uh, enjoy going to um, countries because they were sovereign nations. Um, it's all off uh, as the the dream of of breaking this Guinness world record and traveling to every country uh, was a project that I started because I was 18 and I had just gotten out of college and I was looking for any, uh, any purpose that I could find in uh, my travels to see as much of the world as possible. And then towards the end became a lot about, uh, finishing what I said that I, or like following through with what I said that I was going to do, even though, you know, I, maybe I want to go to Greenland, but I really shouldn't go to Greenland right now because I'm only traveling to sovereign nations. Um, like some situations that I couldn't like, um, what's the, what's the word? You couldn't really fit into your. Yeah, exactly. Um, as I was like on a very set mission and uh, yeah, I'd, I'd much rather just go to where I'm naturally being pulled, whether that be uh, like a work project or, or friends or, or something uh, rather than country chasing. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a really good uh, way to look at it and a good shift of perspective as far as future traveling. Um, so while you're traveling 70% ish of the year, even if you slow down a little bit, you must have a lot of airline points or airline miles. Uh, what types of reward programs, uh, airline credit card, uh, even travel websites like Expedia, what types of programs do you take advantage of and what do you feel are the most, the most useful? Yeah. So the, the number one program that I use is Amex's platinum. Um, they give, uh, five five times the points uh, for like Delta Sky Miles, and that's definitely been the most useful out of all of the out of all the programs that I've found. So, do you get a lot of free flights from that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely <laughs> I collecting. <laughs> I bet, and I think miles. Delta's um, also what Air France. They're what, there are five or six pretty big airlines in that little bubble, right? That you can transfer those miles to. Yeah, the Sky Team will pretty much get you to most destinations in the world. So, I've always used Delta for my long haul flights. Very cool. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Delta as well. I was a big fan of Vert for 
domestic flights, I was a big fan of Virgin. And then that went away. Uh, of course, got bought out by Alaska, I think. And then I sort of switched to Delta domestically. And now I've been using their alliance to travel internationally. And I love Delta. They're good. So I noticed that I'm a really, really big fan of bartering. Uh, and I've heard that you do some bartering as well. So I wanted to hear some creative ways that you barter when you travel, uh, whether it be posting some content for a hotel. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yeah. So the kind of the way that I got into like the social media marketing realm <laughs> was that I would always, I always plan my, my trips in advance. Typically, I don't usually just book a flight and, and show up in a country with no notice. So a few weeks in advance, I would know where I was going and I would find as many, uh, and this is years ago, right. <laughs> I would find as many hotels in that destination. I would cold email all of them, uh, telling them that I was a photographer. I'm coming to your area. I would love to, to stay with you if I can take some, some photos uh, in exchange for my accommodation. So that's, I got, uh, I definitely got a lot of, um, a lot of accommodation that way, which was really helpful, especially when I was, uh, starting out. Um, and then also partnering with different, uh, tour companies kind of in the same, uh, way in exchange for my content, they would um, show me show me around the country with a, a driver or that's awesome. um, take us to different stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd basically have a contact that you could trust, and they would kind of show you the the culture, uh, which is something that you probably wouldn't get to experience if you just were to go there by yourself, um, and you didn't have to pay for it. I love that. Well, to, uh, to get a local guide. Um, that's one of the things I, I always, always do when I go to a new country is try to find uh, any like local, even if it's like a taxi driver that speaks good English, um, saying like, hey, you know, for 20 bucks, do you want to show me around for like an hour or two or something? That's a really good so, tip. That's really cool. Um, what type of advice would you give to a young person that wants to build a personal travel brand? And is it really possible, in your opinion, to sustain a personal travel brand that's successful enough to travel uh, at very little or no cost? Yeah, it definitely is sustainable, 100%. There's a shocking amount of people uh, having successful careers in this like, social, this like kind of new social media industry and one of my biggest pieces of advice would be uh, to to find your niche uh, there's so much of exactly the same kind of content being put out by uh, thousands and thousands of people and the reason why my brand is successful is because I'm doing something a little bit different than some of the other content creators as far as going to places that not very many people go to or, um, you know, doing the solo female traveler in these crazy destinations. Right. And uh, just having that 
having a message that that's different from everyone else's in some way is how you like kind of create your own light rather than being dependent on um, collaborations or features or something. You you want people to be following you um, and and uh, participating in like with your brand because of you, not because of your involvement with other people or other organizations. Right. So on the note of uh, like influencer marketing, how do you feel? I. I- feel like you must have influenced a lot of young people to get out there and travel to places they might have been uncomfortable traveling to. Um, how do you feel that that influence has impacted young people? I think that it's a big question. <laughs> um, I'd I say it, it has had a positive impact uh, on at least in the travel uh, because more more people are seeing uh, what's possible and as far as um, promoting travel to some of the lesser known countries mm-hmm. uh, tourism is supporting a lot of local economies and in new destinations in a way that uh, it wasn't happening um, a few years ago right. so there are there, of course there's there's pros and cons to to all of it but I don't think that uh, the social media marketplace is going anywhere anytime soon. I have a feeling it's, it's going to be for, for a lot of the next five to 10 years at least. I agree with you. And I appreciate the fact that your, your influence is really, I think of course there can be some negative to anything. Um, you know, if a million people stormed a little village that has had no visitors for a hundred years, that wouldn't be good. But in general, your influence is really um, benefiting a lot of places. It's bringing economies together. Uh, and I think the more we can get young people to understand that traveling to places beyond Europe and Mexico, uh, I'm speaking mostly about Americans, but traveling to places beyond Europe and Mexico are really, really fun and really exciting. Uh, I think that's a overall a very, very good thing. And for sure, you know, especially nowadays um, with just the level of hate and um, I guess I'll just keep it at that, hate in this country, uh, it can really help open up somebody's eyes when they see other cultures and they really experience them instead of judging them from their the news or their TV at home or social media. So... I couldn't agree. All really good stuff. Um, I think I read somewhere that you're writing a book and I wanted to hear a little bit about that and also hear about how you plan to monetize your personal brand in the next five to 10 years, whether it be uh, if you're going to get into writing, if you're going to do some more speaking like you did with TED Talk. Um, Any input on that? Yeah, yeah. So this is a very exciting topic for me because I'm in, uh, I'm really in the middle of the there's a lot of different projects that I want to be uh, getting getting out there in the next few years or sooner, hopefully this coming year. Uh, and yes, the book is one of them. I'm writing about my experiences in every country and really what I learned from from each country specifically. And, and outlining everything that I did in each place. Um, that's more of like a, like a personal memoir type of a, of a book. And then also developing uh, travel courses 
So for people who uh, have never traveled before, um, don't know how to budget a trip, or people who have traveled before but want to hear about someone else's perspective, uh, it's going to be a series of uh, video courses uh, teaching everyone my my tips and hacks and and how tos for every every phase of travel from uh, from saving to budgeting to to booking and then everything in between really <laughs> very cool that's awesome so basically a master class of travel exactly and then of course uh, starting a YouTube um, I've got Almost had my first video finished from uh, climbing a volcano in the DRC. That's going to be the... I saw those photos. Yeah, that I can't wait to see that video. <laughs> that place looked amazing. Yeah, it should be coming out uh, this week, actually. First video on the YouTube channel. How can we find you on YouTube? Uh, it's under my name. It's uh, Lexi Alford. And then everything else you can find, uh, Lexi Limitless. Perfect. Last question. This is a really, really big one. So hopefully you can answer it. But if you were to pick one thing, what's the most important lesson that you've learned from traveling? Hmm. That is a big question. I would say the most important lesson I've learned is to be grateful for the opportunity to travel at least once in your life because the vast majority of the people in the world have a lot less. So we have so much to be grateful for. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, that's a good, you know, we don't think about that when we look at, uh, you know, my last trip that I took, I was really thinking of even a hundred years ago, what it must've been like for somebody in our age bracket, uh, somebody in their twenties or even thirties, uh, that's looking to travel in 1950, uh, not only was it much more cost prohibitive, but there was a lot more or a lot less information about how to travel, where to travel to. Um, could I mean, could you imagine booking a trip in the 50s to the DRC and not knowing uh, what really to expect when you got there? It's not like you could go book a hotel on Expedia. Uh, you'd have to probably call or have a really good travel agent um, and you'd have to get in a really expensive flight <laughs> and your emergency services would be non-existent when you got there. So there are no um, cell phones to call the helicopter to get you out if you break your leg when you're hiking. Uh, and I mean, it's a totally different time and I, I completely agree with you. I think so many people take that for granted uh, and especially people that don't, people that don't take advantage of it and don't get out there and travel um, you know, that's, it's not good because this is a time where we have access to a lot more things that we should be really exploring, taking advantage of our planet. Exactly. I couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more. It's the, the golden age of travel. Definitely. Thanks for listening to it's 8 PM. Continue being inspired by Lexi and her travels by following her on Instagram at Lexi Limitless and stay tuned for her book coming soon.